The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! I told you everything that could go wrong. I told you everything that could go wrong is going to go wrong tonight. Not even letting me share this. Nothing's changed, Mike. I still do on-air production. <laughs> Nothing has changed. Say it Is this going out on the internet? Yeah, we're Is on. All right, we got it shared. We got Papa Paz coming up. We're depending on Mike Sullivan to be in on that. Him, Mike, on that. That's no. it. You're off the show. Oh, no. All right. We might as well get this thing going. Yeah. Mike is so enthralled with the studio. He's taking pictures I everywhere. He's, I love this. He's happy. Right. I like, the, I like when Mike is. He's the happiest guy I know I'm anyway. very happy for you, Tom. All right. Let's start the show. Hi, 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 hi. How you guys doing? Hey. This is Tom Duggan here with the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, top Two guys smoke shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. I want to thank our sponsors. We've got a lot of sponsors today. McLennan Real Estate Century 21 on Broadway in Methuen. We appreciate them. AFC Urgent Care. Lisa Williams and her husband are great people. And I want to say hi to Zaka, who they just brought on board. And, uh, and now I do a lot of my work with Zaka instead of Lisa because she's so busy. Uh, Marsan and Sign Construction. You know Ronnie Marsan from the one, I know Michael? Ronnie very well. What a great sure. guy he is. You of course, know, the best. But by the way, I don't, I don't think I mentioned it, but on, on Veterans Day, Ronnie Marsan, every year for the last 10 years that I've known him, or maybe even longer, uh, on Veterans Day, goes to Country Kitchen in Methuen, and he advertises it for about two weeks beforehand, and any veteran that shows up, he buys their breakfast. That's amazing. So I showed up on Veterans Day. I actually got up early. I got up at like 10 o'clock in the morning, which is like you know 4 a.m. for anybody else. And I get down there by about 10.30. Could you pull me up just a little? Um, got there around 10.30, and the place was packed. And I'm like, man, you're going to have to like remortgage your house for this. And he said, you know what, Tom? It doesn't matter. Look at these guys. And you looked out, and they were all young veterans, middle-aged veterans, older veterans. And he said, I just want to give back to the community. And so I want to thank Ronnie Marsan for doing that. There's a lot of people out there who do things like that. 
and they never look for thanks, and they never look for praise, and they never look for their name in the paper, and those are the people I like to highlight. Also, uh, EIS, Investigation and Gun Training, we love those guys. They heard on the show last week that Mike Sullivan was listening the week before and said, double our ads because we know this is a slow time for you. And he said, you know what? I heard what you said about Mike Sullivan. Double our ads, too. I love it. I and, love it. And so this is, you know, when, when, when he was having his political issues in Methuen and everybody was calling me saying, oh, yeah, but you got to throw him under the bus. You got to kill him. You got to this. You gotta... I said, listen, I'm not Neil Perry, okay? Someone's my friend. They're my friend. And I'm not going to go after my friend. And that's just the way that it is. I'm going to defend my – I'm loyal, if nothing else, to a fault. And I don't care who – who cancels their advertising because of Mike, because of uh, Joe Solomon. I don't care if people want to stop being my friend, Neil Perry, because of Joe Solomon. I don't care because he's my friend. Right. And when I need him, I don't even have to ask, just like Mike Sullivan. When I need them, I don't even have to ask. They, they, they just jump in and go, hey, I heard you needed help. Here's some help. So we want to thank EIS Gun Training and Investigations. They're running a special now if you want to get um, gun certified. Go down there and tell them that you saw them on the show and you appreciate that. Uh, my good friend, Borelli's Deli, Don Smeriglio, who was the Grand Marshal of the um, Santa Parade in Methuen this year. Uh, he's, by the way, uh, you've got to try the tortellini salad there. It's, it's excellent. Um, Tomo's and Happy Crab. We were at Happy Crab two nights ago, I think. And we couldn't. My, it was the first time since they opened. We couldn't. We we couldn't find a seat. Like we had to wait for them to seat us. Since Happy Crab opened, I've never seen that. So uh, I want to thank them and also Clear Path for Veteran New England and a free shout out because he's here to our good friend Mike Sullivan at Sullivan Insurance, Sullivan Real Estate. And I guess now you are um, you're Justice just, of the Peace. Justice of the Peace. That's a little side gig. So now, if I ever decide I want to get married, I could, I, Mike Sullivan's going to marry me. I have a package, Tommy. I will marry you, and within a year, I will divorce you as well. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing your track record, now, it's a package now, deal. Now, do you do gay marriages too? Because you, all right, so you could marry me. You could, you could perform the ceremony. You and I could get married. Whatever's legal in Massachusetts, right. I will do. Listen, it. Listen, it's Massachusetts. Everything's legal. <laughs> right. Everything's legal in Massachusetts. I, I actually have a friend who got pulled over in two nights ago up here in New Hampshire and got locked up because he had marijuana on him. But he's from like Methuen, and he's saying to the cop, like I thought it was legal, and they're like, yeah, not up here. Stay in Massachusetts, kid, <laughs> right? So everything's legal in Massachusetts. That's right. So he wanted to have Mike on for a couple of reasons. I don't know if you saw Facebook today. Um, as I was on my way here, I pulled up on Facebook. Let me see if I can just find it for you real quick. Uh, of course, I can't, right, because we're live on the air. But a thing popped up on Facebook today saying, oh, here it is. See, look at it. It's Tom and Mike's. 10-year friendversary on Facebook. Wow, look it's at got that. All the Ten- pictures, it's got all the pictures of like, you know, you know what that picture is right there? If anybody's looking at my Facebook page, it's the one of you reading the paper. Of course. That's you in your office in March of 2004 reading the very first edition there of The Valley go. Patriot. There you go. Okay, yeah. We, but Tom, where they're off when they say friends for 10 years. That means that on means Facebook. Facebook yeah, friends. We've been right. friends for 30 years. 30-something, yeah. You, you when you were just a little yeah. toddler. Yeah. Your, your, your brother Kevin... Before he got into politics, was my coach. I was on the Dodgers when I was in. It was not wasn't uh, little league. What's before little league? It was a farm league. Farm league. South I was Lawrence in the farm league. South sure. Lawrence farm league. Of course. And he was my coach. And then he ran for mayor. And I'm like, well, if he can run for mayor, I want for school committee. <laughs> I mean, if he can do it, I can do it. Um, and uh, and so I lost when I was 18. I ran for school committee and I lost by 11 votes, which is weird because I just ran as kind of a joke. And I'm like, wow, people are actually taking me serious. Maybe I'll do this. Um, and Kevin called me the day after I lost and said, you know what, kid? You ran a good campaign. I want you to work in my administration. We'll find something for you. 
You can learn about politics. Look, learn how things work in City Hall. And that's when I met Mike. And, um, and we've been friends ever since, although Kevin and I are not always friends. We kind of butted heads a little bit. Um, it was that Mickey Maguire that got yes, you know, right? It was, it was always, Mickey. always Mickey. It always, was always Mickey and Driscoll. Mickey it was Mickey and, and Driscoll. It was yeah, the two yeah. of them. <laughs> always. So I thought it would be fun yeah, to have Mike Sullivan great, come on because you. we have our first edition of the – by the way, the Valley Peach is being distributed right now. I know Methuen's almost all done. Lawrence is being done. Uh, we'll get the rest done today and tomorrow. Uh, but we're, this is our first edition of the Valley Patriot since Brian DePina was sworn in as the new mayor of Lawrence. And I – I said throughout the whole campaign, people would say to me, well, I don't know this guy. What's he like? And I say, he's the Latino Mike Sullivan. And right away, the light bulb would go off and go, is he really? And I'm like, yeah, he's, he's like the nicest guy in the world. Doesn't say no to anybody. Takes everybody's phone call. I mean, he's late for everything because he can't get away from people because right. he's so, so polite. I said, he is. He's the Latino Mike Sullivan, and he ended up winning. So we're looking forward to four years of another Mike Sullivan being mayor, and I'm excited about that. I thought we'd have the original Mike Sullivan come on to talk about it. Well, listen, Tom, first of all, let me take a step back and just reflect a little bit, because I got you a couple of gifts, too. You did? Your, your tenure. What a guy. I couldn't, I give, so, I couldn't, I couldn't listen, even get Neil Perry to thank me for coming on the show. He brings me presents. I am so impressed. Sitting in, in Studio 21 Cafe uh, in Salem, New Hampshire, uh, if people could see this, it, it's an amazing that's a great place. studio. And uh, producer Chris over here, I, I know, has is, is done a great job and will continue doing great work. I don't know how you Thank work you. together with this gentleman, yeah, it's though, It's not Chris. easy for her. It's hard. But a couple, a couple of things I've noticed you have not changed on. You still use the paying attention jingle. Yep. Right? And you're still smoking. Yes, I am still Those smoking. Those two things I thought you would have changed, especially the, the, the uh, ladder, the yeah. smoking. But that's Tommy for you. And on, on a third note, we've been advertising, I think, since you started the March Valley of 2004. Patriot. And as a private sector um, company owner that has uh, businesses in Methuen, Lawrence, and North Reading, we get more business coming from that Valley Patriot newspaper, Tom. Wow. So it, it's very well read. You know what? I love um, hearing that. I it, love hearing that. So whoever's thinking, uh, listening to this, and you might be on the fence about where you're going to spend some advertising dollars next year, Valley Patriot. It's a good bank for Excellent. Buck. Excellent. Now, now, Chris, I That's knew so nice. I knew that he's not doing anything for the holidays. So what I did was <laughs> I brought over some things. I got, Some yeah, Hanukkah presents? I know we, we're not on – are we on, like, video if some people yeah. are watching? Yeah, yeah. You, people are watching oh. us on Facebook and YouTube. There's and a couple of little Santa Clauses. Oh, that's so A couple cute. of snowmen. Oh, my goodness. All right. Our you Bella Insurance. These, these are all the chotkeys that his company gives them, right? Our Bella Insurance, one of the leading <laughs> auto home insurance companies in the state. My insurance now, company. You, you do my, you do my car you insurance. Thomas. You do my, my company so insurance. Thank you so much for that. Now, remember these when you were a little kid? I do you a little shirt, snow globe. Well, I got one for you. It's our Bella snow globe. got one for Chris, and then oh, you can oh, give that yeah. one out to your next guest. And then nice. I got some... Um, See, he's like Santa Claus. Some Look at this guy. Some pens. One's I, I, for listen, Chris. I can not, always use not pens. Not always for you. I can always use Ooh, pens. Great. And this, this is a little um, keychain. It's a reindeer that actually... <laughs> Look at him. He He's lights up. I think he lights up at night. So. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Thank and you so at, much. And so, Tom, this is this also swag. for you, too. When you get stressed, I want you to just squeeze that Arbella Santa Claus's head. This thing's never going to last. Other, other this, truck. this thing will be gone in a week. <laughs> and then two other things, and then we'll get on with the show. These, when you open up your 
um, your Corona or your El Presidente's or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bottle openers? Yeah. yeah. And, and for oh, this is Sullivan right, insurance. Sure, See, sure. I, want the, I like the ones that say Sullivan, not Arbella. I mean, we're with Arbella, but we like we love Sullivan. I don't, I don't have enough room for all key these. Chain, okay? so Another keychain. Merry Christmas to Holy you guys. Crap. And that's a little 10-year gift oh, um, that for nice? our anniversary, Thomas. Yeah, Facebook anniversary. Yeah. So now, so thank you for having me on. It's a, it's always a pleasure, and I, I've uh, always um, uh, watched your career. When we mentioned, we were talking about earlier some of the WCCM days, yep. the WCAP days yep. in Lowell after my term ended. And I got in trouble for smoking at every single radio station <laughs> I worked at. And they would say, no smoking. So I'd like, I'd take a, I, I'd take a quick hit and then I'd spray. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Quick, and then he'd come in and go, were you smoking? In? I'm, no, I wasn't. Me? No, I wasn't smoking. And then i get tons of complaints after the show. We can smell. The guy that came in I, after you could smell the smoke. I, but this I, is what's great here. Yeah. When, when, I, when I first came here to talk to Dave about doing a podcast. I left radio and I said, never go back to radio because radio owners are assholes and they never keep their word. They give their word and they never keep it. And so I said, I'm not, I'm not just not doing it anymore. It's just not fun for me. And a mutual friend hooked me up with Dave and I sat down with him and I said, I got two requirements. One, I want to be able to smoke during my show. He said, Tom, it's a smoke shop. You can do whatever you want. Great. I said, the other thing is when I go on the air, no matter what I'm talking about, I don't want to be told what I can and what I can't talk about. And that was always my right. in-writing agreement with every radio station I ever had. And every single radio station owner, every single one of them broke it. Every single one, including CAP. So I've been here now. We're getting ready for our fourth anniversary in That's two great. weeks. It's going to be our fourth anniversary here. And I love it. I mean, it's, it's great. There are times when it's a, little, it's a little tough, you know, because... Some politicians aren't happy with me, and then they come on, and they think they can take me on, and they, you know. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, this is—it's kind of like doing radio without the radio station owners being assholes to you, right, right, right. You know, right. Well, you know, Tom, I got to just uh, uh, say this: from the eight years that I've known you, uh, actually, almost ten years with the with the uh, city council hat and then the mayor hat on. Um, like everybody says, boy, when Duggan's around, it's always tough. But the one thing you've always done was you've always gotten both sides of a story. Right, right. You've always, before you wrote something, you always called the office and said, right. this, is what it, this, is, this is the story I'm going down. I want you to either comment or not. Right. So, so whatever people say about you and your writing materials, you always were fair. Right. And I think as a politician – that's the only thing. That's what we respect. Right. Well, good politicians. But, you know, yeah. you, you see how I got myself in trouble in Methuen when the AG report came out on uh, Joe Solomon. I wrote about the what was in the report, and then I called Joe. And I said, is there anything in here that you think is wrong? And he gave me his quotes, and I put them in the paper. And I got a flurry of calls from Methuen councils because all they care about is the outcome. They didn't like Joe. They wanted him out. Oh, I can't believe you skewed the story to his side. I didn't skew anything. I put everything that was in the report, right. all of it, and then I did what the Tribune doesn't do. I went to him and I got, and I got his quote. Right right, 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 right. So now in Methuen, they had another situation where another department head got in way more trouble, and I wrote what was in the report, and I texted him, and he said, Tom, I can't talk to you on the, on the record. Okay, well, then that story is going to be one-sided. That's great. And, and it's still up. It's a one-sided story. And I hate one-sided stories. I would rather have had somebody call me off the record, his wife, his kid, and say, hey, you want to look at this, this, and this? We think that pot's wrong. And then I could have at least balanced out the story a little bit. But, you know, it's funny. Politicians in your day, when you were a mayor, when you were a city council, actually did want fair coverage. Today, they don't. 
Today they want unicorns and rainbows and, and, and rose petals thrown at their feet. And the minute, the minute you say anything, even if it's valid, even if it's true, if it's negative toward them, they will hate you. Right. And so I have people in Methuen that were friends of mine for 20-something years that don't even talk to me now because I criticized them once. Right, right, right. So I, I wish more politicians would be like Mike Sullivan was when you were in the mayor's office. Jeez, I remember there were times. Do you remember the stadium controversy? Sure. Right? So, I mean, oh, you came into my studio. I, 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 we were on CAP, and we did a story about how the mayor before you had signed a contract to use the stadium renovation money to build condos. And you were going to go forward with it because you came in and said, well, I'm going to honor whatever the last mayor did. And we started beating the crap out of you on the radio. And you actually came in and said, Tommy, I don't think you're being fair. And we had a two-hour great discussion. And even though I, I did turn out to be wrong about some of it, I turned out to be right about some of it. But at the end of the day, the people listening got the right story. The people listening yes, at home right. were educated about what was really going on because the Tribune was saying one thing. Rumble was saying something different. People in City Hall were saying something completely different. And through that interaction and through that back and forth, even though it was a little tough for a while, the people at home learned something. And so that was always my goal in doing radio, doing podcasts, doing a newspaper. If the people consuming what I'm putting out can learn something at the end of the day that they didn't think about before – then I'm happy. I've done my job. Right. You know? Absolutely. But I wish, the, Absolutely. I wish, I wish more of them yeah. were like you, though, for sure. Well, you know, Tom, thinking um, it, to reflect back on, you know, 10 to 20 years ago compared to today with the whole, with the cell phones and the videos and the recordings, I don't know how, um, how anyone does it today it's in tough. local politics, yeah. comp- uh, state politics, uh, and, and to try to get the actual story because right. now not not only i are in the old days you would just make a you know phone call or you'd go to visit whoever but today you must be getting inundated with all sorts of text messaging mm. and video uh, uh twitter and facebook twitter stuff and linkedin coming in and, and you just think what the heck? Right. how do i really wrap my arms around a good story right and you know just to um re- reflect a little bit about today compared to the old days which wasn't that long ago, 2001 to 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, the campaigning back then was always just door-to-door, right. face-to-face, talking to people. Today, I mean, I live in the Mount Vernon still. And I got to tell you, we had a- You're still on Burlington ma- Street? Mayoral race. Yeah, I've been there wow. for 27 years Right, now. yeah, since I've known you. And um, there was one candidate that came to my door. Really? Out of the in the primary. Can I so guess? Out of Brian DePena. No. No. All right. I'm going to guess Stephanie Infante. No. Nope. Well, R- Stephanie ran for city council. Right. Oh, so so she, one, one, one for mayor. There was only one for mayor. Vilma. Vilma was the only one. Yep. Yep. I knew. Heard, I knew it wasn't Kendris. <laughs> it was her. Um, her team came out twice, and then she personally came by. And I, you know, I try to stay out of it a little bit, just because I tend, you know, you 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 know everybody plus. I do some of the insurance with right, some of the candidates. Right. So you don't lose business. My family, actually, back in the days when I was campaigning, my mother actually wouldn't let me put my sign on her house. That's hilarious. <laughs> back in 2000, right? Back when she was on South Union Street. South Union. She was a shop lady yeah, she to was. do that, you know? And uh, I kind of took the same approach because it is tough to, especially primary when there could be five or ten candidates right. running, you know? But what I did was I wanted to keep an eye out on not only the mailers that came in, but 
the door to door. And that was the only candidate wow. that, that knocked on the door. So I guess what I'm trying to say is times have changed. Yep. It's not a reflection on what the other candidates didn't do. Right. Today, today it's a whole different world of campaigning. Yeah. Kendrick Vasquez ran almost a, an exclusive YouTube Facebook campaign. He, almost his entire campaign, and I think that was because of his age, right? So he's a young kid. He's in his maybe late 20s, early 30s, and he grew up, that's all there was, right? Like, we grew up, all there was was the Tribune, right? There was the Tribune, and that was it. And, and the radio station. And the radio sure. station, right? And so now these kids that have come up, they've had so, many, right. so many things, but it's all electronic. So he, ran, he spent most of his money, the vast majority of his money, on consultants and on on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, that kind of stuff. Right. And much less of the door knocking and the fundraising and the, you know, pressing the flesh, you know, shaking people's hands, talking to them, kissing babies. And, um, and I think that's probably one of the reasons why he lost. I still think at the end of the day, you're right. At the end of the day, it's pressing the flesh, it's talking to people one-on-one that impresses them. They don't care if they see your ad on Facebook. Anybody can produce a great production on Facebook. All you need is an intern from Mary Mac College that can do really, really great pithy videos. But when they talk to you, they look in your eyes, they ask you a question. They know if you're full of shit or not, right? When they, when they say, Mike Sullivan, are you for residency? And you go, well, you know, I, but by the time you finish saying, yeah, well, you know, they already know the answer. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, That's right. So, it, so it's one of those yeah. things where you need to press the flesh. And it, one of the things that bothers me about the last Methuen election, nobody ran, right? right. So the mayor was unopposed. Four city councils were unopposed. All six school committee members were unopposed. They didn't have to work for it. They didn't have to go out and knock on doors and talk to people. They didn't have to face people face-to-face and say, you know, explain why they voted for Judy Scannell or why they voted for, you know, for right. a budget that was $4 million over in the red. So <clears throat> that t- type of thing breeds corruption. That type of thing breeds the insider mentality of, well, we can do whatever we want because the public doesn't care, Right. And so it's always good to have some. When you ran, you always had you always always had somebody running against you, right? When at city council, yeah, we did, sure. Mayor. And I have to say, in full disclosure, I, I'm not proud of this, um, unless I'm with a Latino crowd, then I'm very proud of it. But when you ran, I actually endorsed Isabel Melendez mm. when Isabel ran against you because I was mad at Kevin at the time, and I said, you know what, those Sullivans, I'm going to get them. I'm going to endorse. I'm going to endorse Isabel Melendez, <laughs> which is weird because I didn't think white supremacists did things like that. <laughs> I'm always getting called a white supremacist, and I'm like, if they, people even looked at my, even a little bit of my background, they'd feel like idiots. Hey, I, I even voted for her, Tom. Oh, did you? Because <laughs> you didn't I, want it anymore. I kind of looked at both candidates. Right. No, that was going in. I looked at both candidates and said, you yeah, know she what? She's better I think than I'm I am. Going with her. Right? <laughs> no, but you yeah. know, she was a, uh, uh, she's, she still is a great lady, and back then, we, she was able to, uh, uh, from the day I got elected and took office, she was up in the office saying, what can I do to help? Right. So. That meant a lot, yeah. I think, moving forward, because I really had no idea on how to run a city. I've never right. done it before. I've always been private sector. Was uh, that your campaign never... slogan, Mike Sullivan? I have no idea how no, to run a see, city. See, I'm disclosing <laughs> this now. My contract said, do not disclose this until your 10th year right, out. I've right. been out since January 4th of 2000. Uh, and 10. So now on my 10 year, I can disclose it. It's like I'm an open book now. Tom. Excellent. I can Excellent. tell you all the stuff that I couldn't tell you the last 10 years. Now, let me ask you if you can tell us who'd you vote for for mayor? I voted for Vilmer in the primary and um, Kendris in the final. All right. What do you think now that Kendris hasn't won and Brian did win? What do you think about Brian 
coming in in the next four years of Brian DePina? Because he doesn't care. I, I, he, he, know, he doesn't I, hold it against I, well, anybody. No, no. I've, I sent look. I sent him a nice uh, note. I told him whatever help he needs, any any advice he needs. I'm I'm still around. Did you? Uh, tell- I've known Brian uh, for twenty years. Um, Samana Hispana days. Right, we were all on the board together. Very active uh, fellows, and that's how he won. He's did made you, a lot. Did of good you tell your brother Kevin that you voted for Kendry's Vasquez? Did you tell him that? I think I might have. Because he probably sure. would have kicked yeah. your ass if you told him that. Because <laughs> he was on the phone with me every day, going, <laughs> was... "We got to stop this guy. We've got to stop this guy." And no, then you, you voted know, for him. And, and, and again, I um, you hear that, Kevin? I, Next I, time, call your brother. Yeah, we got it. Kevin wouldn't even know how to turn on uh, fa- Facebook <laughs> or wherever this podcast is going. But you know, once the the way I look at it is, once the um, candidate is sworn in and and the vote is. Is done. You know, I still live in the city. Uh, business is done in the city. We insure thousands of people in Lawrence and Methuen, so it's very important now. And you do car to- insurance. You do real uh, home insurance. Yeah, we do everything. We do everything. We can insure from a uh, your car to a uh, the space shuttle. Let's put it that way. And everything in between. Everything in between. Every mill building. And you do like rental insurance. You all the side stuff. So you do everything. And matter of fact, rent speak. Let me take a minute, Tom. And uh, uh, rental insurance is is a product that costs some sometimes under a hundred dollars a year, less than one month's worth of a cell phone bill. Most people don't understand that if you're renting the second floor of a three decker, for example, and there's a fire, and you need to vac- vacate. If you don't have a rental policy, the landlord isn't on the hook to help you out with hotel living right. or whatever. Those these policies are so inexpensive, but they're hardly they're hardly used. Right. And in cities like Lawrence and Lowell, where there's a lot of multi families where people are renting a floor, uh, it's so important and they're so inexpensive. Right. Um, so we try to promote our our Bell has a nice package where. They'll package an apartment with a vehicle, and you'll get credits oh, for great. it. Um, but people don't realize uh, what it does, and that if there is a problem and they don't have it, the landlord isn't on the hook to do anything for right. you. So, they, he, so Manny Gonzalez from Hill Lawrence has been on the show a couple of times pushing rental insurance because he's a firefighter, and he sees what happens when someone's – can you just pull me up a little bit more? I'm just – for some reason, I don't know why this um, – He's always coming on the show. He's always having these events and, and trying to educate people in Lawrence because you've got these three, four, five deckers. And if there's a fire, the rental insurance does what? It gives you time in a hotel. It, it replaces your couch. It replaces yes. your clothing. It's all right? your personal property. So what you do is you 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 decide how much you would be um, – uh, you would need to replace, for example, a typical apartment might be $25,000 worth of property. So if there was a complete loss, the policy would pay you 25000 for example. Um, there's a li- liability section in there as well that if, let's say, you were having a gathering at your apartment and somebody got hurt, they fell down the stairs, and they sued you, you'd have $200,000 worth of coverage nice. for that. And the other uh, important piece is something called uh, loss of use, meaning if you have to relocate for any reason, um, there's a dollar value that would kick 
kick in for you to either stay in a hotel or uh, stay at somebody else's apartment. Um, and it's all packaged together. So if there is a problem, uh, the policy kicks in, almost like a homeowner's policy. Right. Except you're not covering the, the whole outside thing. of the home, right, the roof right. or whatever. But but again um, – So for, for like so $100 a year or maybe close to $100 a year, you can be completely covered if you live in like a two, three, four-decker and, and – and you know, you're worried that maybe if something happens, you're going to lose all your stuff. You're going to need a place to stay. It's not bad, $100 a year. You know, in Manny Gonzalez and um, Wayne, Wayne Hayes, Hayes through, right. through this uh, nonprofit that they started, was uh, has really done a great job, I think, for the last 10 or so years in getting the word out that uh, this, is the, this is the answer to turmoil if there's a catastrophe right. and you're now relying on the Salvation Army or the Red Cross, that's going to terminate in about three or four days. Right. Uh, and, um, and you know, we, we, le- we learned, job. you and I learned firsthand, never rely on the Red Cross, right? You never, <laughs> never rely on anybody except for yourself. Right. That's what I right. think I've learned. But anyways, it's, it's um, very inexpensive. It all, it's all based on how much coverage you think you need if there were to be a complete loss in your apartment. Right. Uh, but again, these policies are about $100 a year. And compared to the money we spend on, you know, cigarettes, coffee, cell phones, sure. uh, people don't really understand that these policies are out there. So, And I like that anybody- you can bundle it. Like I've been um, – my car has been insured with Sullivan Insurance going back 20-something, 30-something years. If I wanted rental insurance – because I have car insurance, it's going to be cheaper for me. Yes, that's right. exactly right. Yeah. You get a credit on the auto policy because you have a little rental policy. I love that. I love that. So, so you're looking at Lawrence now. You've stayed in Lawrence the entire time, which, by the way, thank you for doing that because I fled a long time ago. Um, I'm the only one left. <laughs> He's Everybody's put the gone. lights out. My mother <laughs> even left. <laughs> I figured she'd be the one putting she's, the lights out. I think South Union she's going to outlast all of us. Um, and you and but we look at where Lawrence is today. We look at where Lawrence was when you were mayor. Um, give us your thoughts on where Lawrence is, where it's heading, compared to when you were mayor. Uh, I, I think you and I have had this. We've had this discussion probably twenty years ago, and um, my my take today is exactly where it was uh, when I was growing up here, when I went to school here. When I moved back here, um, Lawrence, as well as these other gateway cities, as they call them, there's probably, I think there's probably 20 cities now in the state that are considered urban inner cities uh, that I think are fantastic places to um, to live and to get your start. And that's really what, what it's all about. I mean, as you know, the city was 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 built uh, for a strategy. It was built to sustain the mills, jobs, and, right. and with that came a lot of affordable housing, the multifamilies, et cetera, et cetera. So I always looked at this. I always looked at the um, the crime issues, the fire issues, <coughs> uh, issues that happen around classrooms. Um. There, if you track those num- num- numbers for the last two hundred and sixty years, you'd be pretty, pretty, pretty even. Yeah. There's not big spikes, and there's no 
nobody's going to come into Lawrence or these other 20 urban cities and say, I got all these great ideas and I'm going to get, everybody's going to be graduating. Everybody's going to go to college. Crime's not going to exist and there'll never be a fire. Right. It just won't happen. Right. Because of the the way these cities were built. Well, yeah, you've got 90,000 people crammed into six square miles. Yeah, I mean, in in the old days, and it was always like that, you know? I mean, in the old days when the Italians came in and they spoke Italian, it it took the Italians decades to to really start learning and And creating the new jobs. And and it's it's the same. What's different, though, is nobody cried about white supremacy. Nobody cried about racism. The Irish and the Italians didn't get along. The French and the Italians and the Irish didn't get along. The Germans didn't get along with the Irish. But as everybody assimilated, as everybody became Americans, all of those things fell away. And nobody cried about racism. Nobody ran to the federal government. Nobody ran to CNN. It wasn't a big thing. People sucked it up. And eventually, another group came in, and, and the group that was at the bottom of the totem pole moved up a little bit. Sure. And we didn't have what we have today. Right. Uh, it's, it's interesting to me, though, in Lawrence, Lawrence seems to buck the national trend, whatever the national trend is. We are seeing um, Black Lives Matter and, and riots all over the country over the last couple of years. Didn't happen in Lawrence. Everybody was expecting it. I was expecting it. The police were expecting it. Didn't happen. They had their Black Lives Rally Matter, Ma- Black Lives Matter rally. You had one guy caused a problem. That was right, it. Right, right, right. That was right, it. Right. And everybody else was. In fact, I was watching one Dominican kid went live. He's kind of was kind of like the Dominican Tommy Duggan. He was live at the rally, and he he and his friends were saying, "Anybody starts any trouble, we're going to kick their ass." There you go. They're not coming to our city to cause problems. Right. We're not gonna, they're not going to do to us what they did to Baltimore. Right. And that made me just watching that kid's v- video. That made me feel great about the city of right, Lawrence, that right. they were taking ownership of their own city. And I think that's one of the reasons why, and you know, your, your thoughts are obviously welcome, Lawrence always bucks the national trend because there's a sense of ownership in Lawrence. I agree, Tom, 100%. And I think at the end of the day, people that are in this city are hardworking. Uh, they're concerned about their, their kids. Uh, and and they um, and that's their top priority. I don't think they're in tune as much of like the what's going on in the national spotlight, right. and right. they're not influenced by that. They get up every day and they just try to Americanize themselves right. and, and try to you know get out and make some money and make a good living and do better for themselves. And one of the things that I look back uh, during my administration. And I was lucky to have a couple of big private sector investors come in, like Sal Lapoli, right. who he he single handedly helped turn Lawrence around. Well, I mean, you got now you have two million square feet of mill space that was most of it was unused before. It was totally empty. That is now all mixed use. Yeah, and you had an advocate for the city while all that construction was happening at the mills. We then were able to. Uh, build a couple of new schools, right. high school being one. So we had a lot of good construction going on. And my big thing was I wanted to change the image of Lawrence. Right. And the big thing was the stadium, Tom. Right. You worked hard. You right. you worked right alongside of the administration with that. I, I have to um, say, my my, and I've said this before without you here, my proudest accomplishment in my life is when I walk into that Veterans Memorial Stadium, see my name on there that you block. Go. Because... I was kicking the shit out of you on CCM about the stadium, and you came into the show all upset, and we had that big, that big uh, show that we did. It was a two-hour show. 
And at the end, you said, you know what, Duggan? You think you got all the answers? I'm going to make you the head of the stadium committee. I'm going to put an ad hoc committee together to try and save the stadium. And let's see if you can help get it done. And that's, I always remembered that because now as the owner of a newspaper, when someone comes to me with a problem and they're bitching about something, I say, you know what? I'm going to task you with that. Right. If you've got such a handle on the problem, then you probably have a good solution. I'm going to task you with fixing. I learned that from you. Well, and I got to tell you, Tom, just to take a minute and self-reflect on the reason why I got into politics to start. It was probably 1998. I was coaching Pop Warner, my kids. Mm-hmm. And we were um, playing um, – uh, it was an out-of-town out of team. Hamilton Wenham had come in. Now, our kids – had mixed jerseys. The numbers were right. different. Uh, pads that were falling pads, off. Yeah, we had they had construction tape around for belts, and we had you know twenty five kids. Hamilton Wenham comes in, sixty kids, all green jerseys, names on the back, duffel bags, look like a semi pro team right. for Christ's sake. And um, this was about an hour before the game when the kids were like warming up, and I heard a couple of parents. Now this is the old stadium now. The one, the stadium that we knew uh, from our days, with the big red X. Yeah, and uh, and these parents were talking. They didn't know who I was because I was just on on their side of the of the um, of the bench. And they and I overheard them talking, and they said, "You know, boy, what a dump this place is. Look at it, no running water, no concession stands. The police tape was uh, a third up the bleachers because it was." Um, Structurally Unsafe, unsound, right? And and I started thinking, you know what? They they are right. So you got these out of town people coming in to Lawrence, and this is what they see. Right. They go home, and this is what they talk about. And that's what they think of Lawrence. Boy, that Lawrence, it is. A, and you know what? I said to myself, they were right. Yep. I would have thought the same thing. So speed up the tape. A couple of the guys that were coaching, you you would know them. We we ended up having some drinks at the uh, Clatter Pub, and we were talking about that. You know, we said, "What you what could we do to help?" And we said, "You know, we should try to um, uh, help with renovating the the stadium stands." And uh, Patricia Dowling was the mayor at the time, and. Um, we called Jackson Lumber. We wanted to know if we could get some lumber for the seating in the stands. And then once we got into it, we realized it's just it isn't going to work. I mean, this would take years to do, to do something like that unless you come up with a capital improvement right. campaign specifically to renovate this place. And then I decided, I said, you know what, I'm going to run for city council just with that agenda to try to help that structure in Lawrence and, and complement whoever the mayor was at the time. Mm-hmm. That's why going fo- forward, it is important to have a council that can understand mm-hmm. what the administration is trying to do. And then when we started doing the math and we had companies coming in and they said, you know, to, to do this right, you could do it a couple of ways. You can tear down the old structure as we knew it and build, you know, uh, new bleachers that are And metal. nobody wanted that. But you're knocking out the World War... One, one piece of it, and then we looked at the other uh, option on reconstruct, re, uh, reinforcing, rehabbing, doing the veterans design, the walk of honor as you come in, and and that's when you you got involved and said, look, this is this this is beautiful, right? Beautiful. And then I always remembered when it came to the uh, the renovation of the field, 
there was a, a talk that if we did the uh, the AstroTurf instead of the sod. Now, again, this is 20 years ago. This is, 20, this is 2007. Mm-hmm. So we're talking 14 years ago, right? And uh, a lot of places uh, didn't have, they were just starting to do the AstroTurf. And I went to Collie Stadium to meet with the people in Lowell, and they said, if we were to do Collie Stadium over again today, spend the extra money and get the AstroTurf. And uh, it was like a, a million dollars more. But there's so many things that it added. Right. And then the committee, and it was um, uh, some of you you guys said, you know, look, there, there was an option that we could widen the field with the AstroTurf and host soccer matches, mm-hmm. lacrosse, uh, football, of course, uh, have state track meets, and then do concerts or whatever, because mm-hmm. this field has a 10-year life. Right. And it was like, it was, you know, it was a lot of money, but and like you said, Tom, I, w- I was so proud when when uh, we opened the first game under the new field, under the lights, mm-hmm. and it was a big deal. And uh, When you unveiled people- that plaque and it had my name on it, I was in tears. And that's the I was like, you know, long, long after I'm dead, that plaque's going to uh, be there. You better believe it. And so, you know, when I, when I, even though I'm a news guy, I try to stay involved in the community, whether it's Lawrence, Bethune, whatever – the, the, the weird thing is in Lawrence, they want your help, right? If I picked up the phone and called any elected official and said, I hear there's an issue going on, I'd like to help. Even if it's someone who doesn't agree with me, like Willie Lantigua, we'd still work on it together. Sure. In Methuen, if they don't like you, they wouldn't even take your call. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And that's, and that's kind of yeah. like the difference. Like I, I tried very hard to get involved in Methuen behind the scenes to try and help. Because I don't live in Methuen, I get nothing out of any right. of this, right? And what I got was, well, yeah, but you're not from Methuen. Right, you're not you're not one of us. Like it's that nose in the air kind of thing, right? And um, and and so I was covering Lawrence. I mean, Methuen, and I know we're up, honey. I'm sorry. Um, I was covering Methuen almost exclusively for the last four years because that's where the that's where the action was. And at the end of the day, I ended up walking away from it, saying, "Why did I waste one minute on Methuen? Because they don't deserve it. They right. don't deserve the help. <laughs> they don't deserve my expertise. Like I've been doing this thirty something years." And, and I've been in, I don't think people of Methuen realize what my experience is in Lawrence and in, in being involved sure. in whether it's fixing up a stadium or whatever. And, and I, I don't know whether it's they just don't like me or what, but like at the end of the day, the people that we supported to stop the insiders from creating shenanigans, at the end of the day, they all just sold out to the insiders. Right. Whereas in Lawrence, everybody, everybody has their kind of niche and nobody moves from that. Most of the people who hated Mike Sullivan, there were like maybe five of them, still hate Mike Sullivan today, right? People who loved me when I was on the school committee back in 1986, I run into them and they still say, oh, I loved when you were on the school committee and you and Scully would go at it. You did such a great job. They remember. Right, sure. In Methuen, you could save a baby from a – it could be the mayor's baby. And the next day, they don't, they don't – you get no credit for it at all, right? <laughs> right, right. So, and I always like – in fact, while we're doing the difference between Lawrence and Methuen, I know we're over. Can you pull up that thing from Brian DePena? I just want to end the show with this. So I was flipping through Twitter the other day, and I saw this. And I didn't realize that when Brian DePena was a candidate for mayor and came on the program, that he shared the living shit out of the show. And I saw this on Twitter the other day, and there was about 18 of them. He had complete – he kept – Resharing and resharing and resharing the show that he was on, thanking the Valley Patriot and thanking me for coming on the show, for inviting him on the show. And I thought, wait a minute, Neil Perry's been on this show 20 times. Never once did he share it. 
And, uh, th- and that's because he didn't want the people who didn't like me to not like him. And, but, but in Lawrence, nobody cares about that stuff, right? In North Andover, nobody cares about that stuff. It's, this guy helped me. I'm going to thank him publicly. I don't care who doesn't like it. And if anybody out there thinks Brian DePena doesn't get shit every day for being my friend, because there are people who say Duggan's a racist. What are you hanging out with him for? What are you doing with him? He just put me on his homeless committee. And my first email was, well, you're a racist. What are you getting involved in Lawrence for? <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. I endorsed Brian DePena, who's got darker skin than anybody I know. And he just put me on a committee. How am I a racist? Right. But those are like the three, three to five malcontents that you have all the time. You go into Methuen, it's, it's all it is. It's, it's like there's three or four good people in Methuen. It's the exact opposite. Um, but part of that is because of people like you. People like you who ran for office were happy uh, all the time. We're always willing to meet with people, even if they didn't like you. And I appreciate that. I know we're way over Good time. And I'm sorry, Chrissy. I'm, I apologize. Good job. And, you know, I reflect on the fact that um, we've seen a lot of radio media people come and go. And you know what, Tom? You're still sitting here. Right. Keep up the good work. Thank you. I try to remind elected officials of that when they start giving me That's crap right. and attacking me publicly. <laughs> right? Like there's a certain Methuen official that was attacking me on Facebook, and I was like, listen, dude, I would say long before you were an elected official, I don't want to sound like Bill Foley, and I'll be long, I'll be long yeah, after yeah. you're gone. <laughs> and by the way, I get to write the history after you're gone. That's right. So be very careful who you throw, you better who you throw rocks at. Amen, brother. But you know what, Mike? You've been a good friend over the years. You. You, you were a great mayor, even though I didn't, I didn't support you the second time around. Um, but you've, you've also been a good friend. And to me, that's more than, that, to me, that's more than anything, that when you see a friend, whether it's me or anybody else, that needs something, even if it's something small, you don't wait to be asked, just like Joe Solomon. Doesn't wait to be asked. Jumps in and just helps out. And in fact, with Joe, the last time he helped me, I found out from a third party that Joe was the one that took care of my problem. And they said, hey, by the way, you know, the reason why this thing kind of went away is because Joe made some phone calls. And I was like, are you kidding? I was just on the phone with him too. He didn't even mention it. Right. Didn't even want to thank you. Didn't even want me to know that he was the one that, that, that jumped in and bailed me out. And so to have good friends like that, that's worth 100 politicians, and that's worth 10 million votes as far as I'm concerned. So thank you, Amen. Thank you, Tommy, for having thank me. Thank you. All right. Thank we want to wrap up the show. Chrissy, thank you for letting me go over, and thank you for uh, being a fine, fine producer. One of my better producers that I've ever had. Tim Bowman was a great producer, by the way. He's got an ad. He, he does the ad buying for the Lowell Regional Transit Authority. They're looking for drivers. So if you're looking for a job and you want to get your CDL, or if you have your CDL, uh, give the Lowell Regional Transit Authority a call because uh, they're looking for drivers. And he called me, another guy called me out of the blue. He's been my friend forever. He said, hey, I want to buy an ad. So um, you can roll Mel. Uh, We'll thank our sponsors, McLennan Real Estate Century 21, AFC Urgent Care. They're not your your, uh, your your uh, competition, are they? No. no, okay. AFC Urgent Care, Marsan and Sun Construction, EIS Investigation and Gun Training, Borelli's Deli, where I go to get my tonalini salad and my uh, my spinach and cheese raviolis and the hot sausages, Clear Path for Veterans, New England, Sullivan Insurance, Tomo and Happy Crab, where you get the best food ever. I want to thank Chrissy, my producer, Mike Sullivan for being here, my good friend, my good friend, who would never throw me under the bus to make other people happy with him, ever. Never. Uh, unlike certain people. And I want to thank Dave Garafalo from Two Guys Smoke Shop, who kept his word when he signed an agreement with me and said, you can say whatever you want on your show. A couple of times I knew he wasn't happy with some of the things that I said, but he still never came in and told me I couldn't do it. So I appreciate it as well. And Tom, one thing. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And happy Hanukkah. Melvin Taylor says we got to go home, I think.
Yep, so go home already. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.